welcome back to Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. This week's guest, Maggie Bell, played soccer at the University of California. But despite finding a home in Berkeley, she never felt comfortable. Prior to Cal, Bell struggled with anxiety and a need to please all of her coaches. I think for a lot of athletes, even if they don't acknowledge it themselves, anxiety is present and honestly drives. It definitely drove me to like where I got in sports, that level. Um, I think for me, it was the fear, like the fear of failure. And I think a lot of people have a similar feeling <laughs> because, you know, you don't, you don't want to, I mean, it's such a gray line between competitiveness and anxiety and they do intersect. So for me, it was, you know, I don't want to fail. And then a lot of people were like, oh, that she's really competitive. And I was, but a big part of it was this weird internal drive of like, if I fail, I'm nothing, you know, um, which of course is not true. <laughs> so I think that's kind of when anxiety was like, oh, okay, like this is something you're gonna have to deal with. Bell started soccer at four years old and dabbled in cross country when she got to high school. In her mind though, it was always soccer. She played on the same local club team in Granite Bay, California and began reaching out to college coaches freshman year. She whittled her options down to the Georgetown Hoyas and the Cal Golden Bears, a quick two-hour jaunt from home. But I did really like Georgetown and I took a visit there and the coach was amazing. The girls were really great um, and I was pretty much ready to commit to them. And then Cal came back and they had heard that Georgetown was recruiting me and um, they're like similar level programs. And my eventually my former college coach at the time, like potential college coach called me and was like, we really want you. We really think like, you know, you're a good fit for Cal um, and convinced me to, to change my mind. Also, Cal had always been, just for context, um, a dream school of mine. Both my parents went there. It was, you know, we grew up going to Cal football games and Cal soccer games. Alex Morgan, who, you know, was my idol, went there. I went and saw a game with my mom and watched her play. Um, so when they were recruiting me, it really felt like everything was falling into place. The defender was destined to be a golden bear. She graduated from Granite Bay High School a semester early to start training with her new team in 2016. Almost immediately though, something felt wrong. She played in all 21 games and started a pair her freshman year. Still, her new team felt strange and disjointed. I'd been there for a semester and Freshman year, looking back, I'm like, wow, I, I did pretty well as a freshman. At the time, I was like, oh, I'm not playing enough. I'm not, you know, contributing enough. So I, but it, I did, I always like, got into the games. It seemed like I was going to be like a player, like they were trying to give me experience so that I could play more as time went on. Truthfully, I look back and I don't really know when it switched away from we're investing in Maggie as a player to we really don't want Maggie on this team anymore. Um, but there was there was probably probably halfway through sophomore years when it happened. I learned through questions, so I'm always someone who's just asking. And apparently, that rubbed my coach the wrong way. So I did get wind of that freshman year of like, "Hey, you got it. You can't ask questions. He he's thinking you're questioning his authority." So I learned. I was like, "Okay." I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to nod my head and smile and then go and ask someone else when I have a question. Um, but it, it was like a weird, a weird feedback moment where 
before I'd always, you know, in ODP and in um, club soccer all those years, I'd gotten those, you know, player like conferences where all the, my coaches would be like, oh, you're such, so coachable. Like all you want to do is learn. And we love that about you. So it was kind of a moment where I was like, huh, okay, I guess, I guess this is a bad trait. So I kind of tried to stop doing that. Um, yeah. But freshman year was like, I think probably pretty typical for most freshmen. So we always had these individual meetings with our coach and I'd go in and I'd come out crying like every time. And every time I'd come out, I'd have this <laughs> one time, some of my older friends saw me come out and I was a mess and they were like, uh, like, are you okay? And I just like started bawling. I was like, no, like I'm a terrible person. I guess everything I'm doing is wrong. And they just started laughing. And I was like, why are you laughing at me? And they're like, oh, because you had your your first really bad meeting with Neil. Like everyone has those meetings. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh yeah, like he's he's just messing with you mentally. Like, did he did do you feel like you're the worst person and that you need to like go change everything about yourself because you made a bad pass? And I was like, yes. They're like, oh yeah, welcome to the club, essentially. I don't know if it was initially to try and make me a tougher person mentally, um, but it was much more of like the mind games, you know, if you say the wrong thing at practice, you're not going to get the start. And he tried to pit us against each other. Me and this girl who are actually still friends, um, we're like pitted against each other as the outside left backs. Um, and we're like, okay, this is silly. It's, I have nothing against you personally, but I guess we are fighting for this position. Even as an increasing number of former and current players spoke out about head coach Neil McGuire's coaching environment. Bell didn't see any changes. There was an unspoken and oftentimes spoken understanding that our coach was doing it and people, you know, would be like, oh, I'm sorry, he's just being so mean to you today. Like, he's, you know, being such a dick to you essentially, for lack of better words, you know, like, oh, or like, let's just get through it. Like, he's just doing it because, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever. Um, like, I think a lot of us are, okay, let me put it this way. You, you go to college and you think, like, your understanding of what's around you is shaped by, like, those who have come before you. So I was kind of under the assumption that this is just how it is. Like, the college coach is going to mess with your mind and just be essentially, like, playing God in your life because he can. He has so much control over, you know, how you feel about your sport, about your life like you're with him three hours every day and he has control over who plays and like all of that. So I think it was just the reality I was welcomed into, you know, our assistant coaches would be like, okay, like walk on eggshells today. Like he's in a mood. Like if you want to play, like you need to make sure you're not, you know, looking at him the wrong way. Like he had a weird thing about eye contact and they'd be like, you know, look at him in the eye. If you weren't nodding and smiling at him constantly, he would kick you out of meetings. So just crazy things, you know, you look back and you laugh and you think like, even I'm, you know, a young adult, but I'm like, I would never, why would you ever make someone feel that way? The way the system is set up, it's you have to play their game in order to be successful. So if it's, you know, do I put up with this terrible coach or do I not play my sport ever again? Like, you know, do they, because they're the ones who are the gateway to that you're going to choose to be like, okay, I'm going to put up with this. It's a little crazy, but at least this way, you know, my one greatest love isn't taken away. Despite seeing dramatically decreased playing time, 
Belle was still excited going into her junior year in 2018. She saw action in eight games, starting only a pair, before she was sidelined with partial ACL, MCL, and meniscus tears in her right knee. She was in a full leg brace for the rest of the season, and her potential for exponential growth was quickly depleting. After I like had come back, I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go in. Like, I think I'll be back before Pac-12 season starts. And then I, I, he didn't put me in and I was like, okay, this is weird. And then it kind of continued where I wasn't playing at all. And my starting spot was gone and that, that, which is fine. Like that, you know, you get hurt, that happens, but I was never given a reason. And then it was, it seemed that's really when he was trying to get me off the team. He didn't want me there anymore. <clears throat> so that was kind of a hard realization. It was, okay, what, what, what is my role? If I'm not going to play at all, what do you want from me? And it seemed he just didn't want me around. I would say at first I was that, but it, it just became abundantly clear to me that like, even though my teammates liked having me around, there was, there was no plan for the coach to ever put me back into the team on a playing level. Um, and we didn't really know why. To this day, I don't know why. I don't know. Again, maybe it was something I said. Maybe it was something. I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> understanding of why the switch happened. Belle was relegated to the bench at first, but then she realized that her name was being left off of the travel papers as well. She was being pushed out of the system. I never even considered not traveling. And by senior year, it was before senior year, He, I had this meeting with my coach where he, he told me that if I came back to the team, um, I would be toxic. And that another one of my friends had told him that they, I shouldn't come back um, because it would just affect the team so negatively. And I knew that wasn't true. I was like, okay, well, this girl's amazing. She would never say that. Um, and I confirmed with her later. She's like, of course I didn't say that. Um, but I think being honest, by that time I was on full scholarship by the end of my junior year and going into my senior year. Um, and so I was financially a cost. And since he had no plan of using me um, on the field, he was doing his best to get me to quit because if a player quits, then their scholarship goes back into the monetary pot that the coach has power over to allocate to other people. Um, and there'd been a history on my team of him getting players to do that. So I, I'm guessing that's why he was like, oh, after junior year, like, we don't want her around. Um, we're going to get her to, you know, quit the team so I can use that scholarship to allocate to someone else. And nothing had changed for me. You know, I think by senior year, I'd come to terms with the fact that, like, he hated me. <laughs> and that was okay. And I had to be okay with the fact that, like, I just wanted to play soccer and enjoy it. Um so I was playing some of the best soccer I'd played because I was playing freely. You know, I wasn't under the constant scrutiny of you made the wrong pass or whatever. Um, so it was it was an odd senior year for sure. It was kind of like a like he, he would always rip into me during practice um, when things would go wrong. I was treated like a sub. He didn't start me on senior day, um, despite that being, you know, a tradition. He just found a reason to be like, oh, I'm not going to start you. I started all the other seniors. I was like, okay, <laughs> congrats, you win, you know. As a leader on the team, yet removed emotionally, Bell finally got to see the impact of the coaching staff's dealings. 
Freshmen would look to her wide-eyed, wondering what they had done wrong. She imagined that three years ago, she had looked the same way. My freshman year, there were a couple girls that like had issues with him, but it was nothing like to the point where it made people uncomfortable. I had freshmen who would text me and be like, that made me uncomfortable what he did to you at practice. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, and there was one other girl that had it pretty bad. And everyone, like, he just wasn't very, he, like, everyone would have, you know, he would be particularly mean to someone one day. And then off the field, I think what made this okay to a lot of people is he's very charming and, you know, is seems very invested in you you as a person, like wants to help people get internships and do stuff like that. Um, which is again, why I think the administration did nothing to get rid of him is because they're like, oh, he's a great person. But like, that's just, fun, just not true. <laughs> like he makes people feel so bad on purpose. When a group finally approached the administration seeking avenues to ease his power, their points were invalidated. There was a group of people, multiple groups of people who came forward to the administration with their story. Um, and I mean, I'm just so disappointed because I believed in our athletic director. He seemed like a good guy. And, you know, we told him these things had happened and him and this other administrator told us like, we've never heard this. This is so shocking. But turns out over the past 10 years of him being there, like people have come forward and been like, this is not okay. But it is, a, it's a mental, emotional and mental abuse is a hard line to walk um, because a lot of people in the athletic community think, oh, they're just being weak. They're being, you know, like soft when they should just learn to be harder. Um, and that's hard. That's something even I deal with to this day. Like I tell my story and I get a little bit anxious or like I start to feel, like I start to gaslight myself. I'm like, did this really happen to me? Like, am I just making all of this up, you know? Um, but it's it's not like, you know, physical abuse where you're like, oh, I have a bruise on my arm. But like, I still wake up in the middle of the night with, like, or not wake up in the middle of the night, but I wake up in the morning with nightmares of like, like being late to practice and being kicked out of practice and being like yelled at by my coach and stuff like that. And to a certain extent, that's trauma, right? Thoughts of leaving the program started for Belle during sophomore year. The emotional and mental abuse was mounting, and she realized that Cal was not conducive to her continued success. So I was considering end of my sophomore year transferring just because the emotional abuse had started at that point, and it was very much not a healthy environment that I was in. Um, there was one time when I don't know, we lost a spring game and I was frustrated. I think this was even freshman year. Um, and I was talking to a teammate and I said like, oh, so frustrating. It felt like no one out there was trying, like, and I'd been playing a lot. So it wasn't like I was on the sideline saying this. And she was like, I know, like, it's hard. Like, I was like, I don't like, is this normal? Is this, you know, is, I don't know if this is a good fit for me. Like I want people who want to be winners around me. Um, and she was like, I know it makes me think about transferring, you know? And then somehow on Monday morning, I go into a, a meeting with my coach and he's telling me, he's like, how dare you think about transferring? And I hadn't even been the one to have said that. Like it had been my teammate and it had just been, you know, after a game, like blowing off a little bit of steam, he'd said like, I'll sign your transfer papers tomorrow. You'd be lucky if any other coach would ever pick you up. 
like I'm giving you an opportunity and how dare you think that you can go against my authority, like took it very personally. Um, and for me, I, I was like, whoa, like, where's this coming from? That was not my intention at all. Um, so just like episodes like that, that I kind of had in the back of my mind. And that was not like a once off situation, obviously. So by the end of sophomore year, I was like, I'm not happy here. Um, I need to look at my options. So I did. Um, and ultimately I decided to stay at Cal because I loved my teammates. I loved the school academically. I loved what it gave me socially. I felt like it was the perfect school. You know, it was big football school, fun athletic environment, so many opportunities to get involved with internships and learn. And I just, I loved it. So I didn't want to throw all of that away and have to start fresh at a new school if I didn't know if it would be any better. Because again, at this point, I was like, I think this isn't normal, what he's doing, but also, how do you know? Because it's not like you can talk to other college coaches when you're in a program. Like if I were to reach out to a college coach without having entered the transfer portal, um, they can't get back to me and they'll alert my coach that I, I had talked to them. So there's really no under, like there's no freedom to explore your options unless you enter the transfer portal and, you know, give up your scholarship for the following semester. There is one, like our, our team administrator had in the past, a girl had come forward to him and I forget if she had said what Neil had been doing. Something had happened and immediately the next day, it was before my time. So this is from her that I heard this. Um, he knew and was, you know, he, basically they were in cahoots. <laughs> There's no other good way to put this, that the team administrator, nothing you said to him was confidential. Um, so I knew not to go to him, but I talked to one other person in compliance before about like, you know, either money things or like dancing around the idea of transferring. Um, and some of that information got back to my coach, but essentially like I just stayed away from them and, and like what I really needed. So she created one. CASE, which stands for College Athlete Compliance Inquiries. Bell now helps student-athletes with compliance-based issues. CASE has become a middleman between athletes and alternate options. She and her brother Connor speak with athletes hoping to find success outside of their current environments. CASE is a third-party resource aimed at scoping out better options for struggling student-athletes who are afraid to approach their own in-house administration. I was pretty lucky that my brother Connor, who is a licensed attorney, was in law school at the time at UCLA um, and just happened to be working in the compliance department there um, just because, you know, he loved sports. He was always a big sports fan and thought sports law was an interesting thing to learn about. So I would go to him and be like, hey, like, what do I do? Like, Neil's doing this. He's threatening to take away my scholarship. He's telling me, like, you know, I'm not going to be allowed to come back and all these, like, kind of crazy things that were empty threats. And he would lay out to me like, no, like if Mag's like, if you follow the rules, you don't break any team rules, you don't, you know, do anything legally that threatens your scholarship, he cannot kick you off the team. So just put your head down, get through it. If that's what you want, if you want to, you know, keep your scholarship and keep playing, those are your options. Um, when I was thinking about transferring, he also helped walk me through that. Like, you know, don't, don't enter the transfer portal unless you're sure you want to transfer. Cause when you do that, 
again, you, you know, trigger a bunch of different things that essentially whenever you've alerted the compliance department and then by proxy your coach that you want to transfer, they can remove your scholarship for the remainder of your career starting the next semester, which of course is not something you want to happen. Um, so there were just like little loopholes you have to jump through and things that no student athlete is aware of because again, you never go into your college experience thinking, oh, I need to transfer. You wanna be happy where you are. Um, so yeah, I had like a sounding board, which was so lucky. And that's kind of, again, why we with Case decided okay, this needs to exist for student athletes. People need to have that right and that knowledge base to make informed decisions. And this, you know, that having the power to make, to control your own situation quells so much anxiety and also just gives you an opportunity to like take control of your situation and make the decision that's right for you without any bias from the school or from your coach or from your team. Bell, now a political science graduate of Cal, is looking at law schools to better assist student-athletes in the way that she needed. In 2021, 6,475 undergraduates entered the transfer portal, along with 3,092 grads. NCAA research also provided that 76% of those student-athletes came from D1 institutions, while 22 and 2% respectively came from D2 and D3. In 2021 alone, FBS football, baseball, and basketball led men's sports. Basketball, soccer, and track and field led women's sports. Connor and I, my brother, our, our goal is to take case full time because um, right now it's just something we do because we don't charge athletes. So we just do it in our spare time, um, just the two of us. And it's not anything we make money on because we just, yeah, we don't have, we haven't gotten into being able to put enough time in to get donors and um, partnerships that are going to, you know, result in some financial stability, but essentially like everything I'm considering with law is, you know, whether it's sports law or it's human rights law. Um, I just want to make people have a better experience and have the tools they need to be successful and have some control over their own life. Bell said that if Cal had given her access to resources that allowed her to pinpoint toxic coaching behaviors and seek out alternate options, her college experience would have turned out quite differently. Outside of perfectionism, which I think is a both diagnosed and undiagnosed thing for a lot of student athletes, I think knowledge and access to knowledge, and that's kind of why, again, we formed CASE, was if I had had that information of like, your coach can't kick you off the team. <laughs> I think I would have been less worried. And of course my brother told me that down the line, but if people get themselves into situations or just want to have information, I think that is so empowering that it allows you to then look at your problems from a position of like, okay, I have tools, I can do this. I don't need to, you know, like th the worry is taken out of it. So it, it saves you time, it also, yeah, it just gives you the tools you need to make decisions for yourself. In the media and by um, society in general, you're just, you're told it's the cream of the crop, right? Like you are living the dream. It's such an, like you're lucky to be there, which is true, but it's also the way things have gone. Like every person, like I poured more, I've spent more time on the field than I have anywhere else in the, in the world. So 
your entire life is around this one thing. And then if it's not successful, you lose your identity a bit. You don't know what to do. And, and you're spending so much time on your sport and you're also, there's a lot of money at stake, you know? So the whole industry has gotten more and more fast paced. And I think there's more pressure to be successful. And if you're not successful at your sport, again, just because everyone's such perfectionist and they're competitive, like you're putting these like very intense individuals in the situation where they're told like to be successful, you need to do everything perfectly. And if you don't do it, even if you do everything perfectly, it still might not work out for you. So all of that at play, it becomes kind of a toxic environment for student athletes. Um, there's no balance in life. Like your job is your sport. And if you're not good at it, like good luck. At a D1 school, you have all these resources, but again, I think because they're all employed by the school, their job is to protect the school. Like there's no, there's nothing really there. They, although they, they want their athletes to appear to be doing well, there's less there to help them do well, unless it's in an athletic or an academic setting. Because to be fair, we had a ton of academic resources. We had tutoring, we had academic advisors, and again, and maybe this is me just being a little bit of a pessimist, I feel like that is so that it reflects well on the school. Um, and it was less about actually helping student athletes. When Bell finally got out of the college athletics environment, she played overseas in Denmark and Germany. While there, she was privy to dramatically different coaching styles. I, just since I was five years old, have always wanted to play soccer professionally, you know, like written on my little student or like what do you want to be when you grow up um in kindergarten I put a professional soccer player um so it was kind of like a way for me to both have an end goal and keep putting in the work at Cal even if my coach wasn't on board to be like hey I really want to play soccer afterwards so I'm going to keep working on my own and you know kind of have something to work towards um when life got a little tougher so I did um it was an interesting experience. I would say it was like less professional than like what I experienced at Cal. Denmark was like definitely, so you just move there and, you know, I was living, there was one other American there. So we like had each other, but it's definitely still growing women's soccer abroad. Um, so it's not the most professional setting. Like our facilities weren't great. Um, the coaching wasn't awesome, but it was like, it wasn't toxic. It just wasn't like very high level. And the play itself wasn't that high level. Germany, I was there for like two or three weeks, had the starting position. And then I tore my entire ankle apart and had to rehab um, for five months. So that was really hard. And then after that, it was essentially like, I, I was just, I, it didn't love the lifestyle because um, it's pretty much like your job is your sport again, which is cool in theory, but I was pretty homesick. I was away from my family and friends and it was a cool experience, but I was ready to come home and kind of get started on my career professionally outside of my sport. Um, and, you know, could still tell my little five-year-old self like, Hey, you did it. You played professional soccer, um, got to see some of the world. So I'm thankful for it. I do wish I hadn't torn my ankle. <laughs> I don't know where I would be if I hadn't, but I'm really happy where I am. And yeah, like again, soccer, I feel like that's kind of the theme, even if, you know, it had its negatives, like having a toxic coach or 
you know, having to be on crutches and get surgery, like it's still something that's guided my entire life and shaped me into who I am. And I love the sport. Like I wouldn't change having played professional soccer or college soccer for anything. Now, the Bell siblings are focused on bringing light to student athlete compliance struggles across the country. Case now has more than 100 student athletes in the United States working with them. Maggie and Connor consult on topics like transfer portal issues, scholarship details, and the emerging NIL landscape. We've helped some people with NIL. I don't think it necessarily changes student athletes. I think they're just given an opportunity to monetize some of the work they've put in for so many years. Um, yeah, again, our, our goal at Case is just to give people the information to make decisions. So we don't help them like get NIL deals or anything like that. We just tell them like, here's red flag. Do you want to look for so you're not breaking any rules? Um, excuse me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it go into effect beyond just like, yeah, people transferring for like opportunities, but I'm pretty much all for it. I think it's just, an op again, people should get to reap the benefits of the work they've put in for so long. Our goal with CASE is to help as many people as possible and also get that information out there for student athletes who, you know, might have questions. Like we're just a free resource you can bounce ideas off of and ask questions if it's you're considering transferring or, you know, you're experiencing some sort of issue like we're a completely third party organization who doesn't charge you. Like our goal is just to provide you with the knowledge to make the right decisions for you. Um, we don't have any stake in how well a school is doing. Like, I think I just want people to know we exist and we're not like a crazy resource. That's like their coach tricking them into giving them information. Um, so yeah, I think just knowing that there are people out there who are like them and want to help and seeking those resources out. The link to Case's website is in the show notes, along with the links to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help that you need. Join the over 2 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closure Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash Closure Mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Closure Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. When sharing stories of emotional and mental abuse at the hands of coaches, I'd be remiss if I didn't also share resources for athletes grappling with their next steps. I've linked a few resources like CASE that serve to give student athletes increased autonomy over their personal and emotional growth. Check those out below. Thanks for listening to Maggie's story and episode 76 of Closer Mentality.
As always, I'm your host, Julia Millett. See you next week. <laughs>